try to go to this. I know. All right, you glad to be in church? Somebody came Wednesday night, uh, and Wednesday night I was teaching Restored Life stuff, and I was down on the floor, and so we've had about 35 here Wednesday night for Restored Life, uh, and uh, then afterwards they said, hey, you're really funny. <laughs> and they said, you're not like that on Sundays. Sundays, like, you're just super serious and just all, all starchy and... And I, I have to be like that or I'll get in trouble. I, I'm kidding. You've seen me be lighthearted, haven't you? Isn't this a lighthearted place? So we're going to try to be as lighthearted as possible from the platform. Amen? Lord, we love your word. Come on, put your hands up and just thank him for his word this morning. Lord, we just love you. We love your word. We love the way you speak to us, the way you coach us, the way you lead us, the way you equip us, the way you develop us. You're doing a good work with us, Lord. You're doing a good work in our hearts. You're doing a good work in me, Lord. We just affirm you. We just say yes to you. Come on, in Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. All right, we are in Hebrews chapter 6, and uh, it's good to see all of you here on a Seahawks Sunday. Who's going to win today? All right, that was a mixed review right there. But we're glad you're in church. Uh, any of you tracking it with your phones? Anybody honest in the building? Anybody tracking it? Who's ahead? What? All right, it's also, it's also uh, the bizarre birthday season. Exactly. I knew you'd get excited about that. I call it a season because, it, you know, it could go on for days. So. Kind of like Laura's birthday. Could go. I'm just going to call people out this morning from the platform. We'll just, just call you out. If I know anything about you this morning, you're in trouble. Hebrews chapter 6, and uh, we're picking it up at verse 9. And I think I'm reading out of the New American. Did you find the New American? Woo! The birthday boy found the New American. So let's try that and see if it's the right one. Uh, we're calling this Jesus anchor of the soul anchor of the soul but we got to get there so we got to wade through a lot of stuff before we get to the anchor uh but let's let's dive in and and uh, get some of this we started in hebrews chapter 6 a while back and uh there were several things in hebrews chapter 6 to get through uh one of which was just the security of our salvation and uh the love and the fear that we have over our salvation uh, and the preciousness of, therefore, hanging on to it, uh, hanging, guarding our salvation, keeping our salvation alive. Uh, and then uh, he goes on and talks about God will not forget our works, and we're going to pick that up some of that. Uh, but it's interesting, too, as he's writing to these Hebrew believers, and, and uh, 
and actually warning them uh, to not go back on their salvation, then uh, here at verse 9, we're going to pick it up there. He says, we're convinced of better things concerning you. We're, con- we're convinced you won't. So um, maybe there was a sense in that writing that it was, that it was going to go so big and so uh, 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 wide with an audience that so many needed to hear uh, what the warnings were. But now he's writing and he says, we're convinced of better things concerning you. So we'll pick it up there. Verse 9, beloved, we're convinced of better things concerning you. That is, you're not going to go back on your salvation. And we're convinced of things that accompany salvation, though we're speaking in this way. In other words, though we've just given you this pretty strong warning, uh, we're convinced that that you're going to do great. You're going to do fine. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name in having ministered and still ministering to the saints. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. This is interesting. He's saying, and and here there's some thoughts implied, is that uh, God is exhorting us to stay faithful until we die, until the end. So... To, to, to not retreat, not give up, not calm down, not chill out, not become uh, those uh, 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 that are, what's John write in the Revelation? He says, uh, those that are lukewarm, right? Not to become lukewarm, uh, but rather to stay diligent and to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. And verse 12, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, the the pinnacle of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises, and he's referring here to the patriarchs, is Abraham. So now he's going to go on to a little bit of talk about Abraham. The remaining of this chapter and chapter 7, we're going to hear a lot about Abraham Uh, Eventually, we're going to hear a little bit more about Melchizedek, uh, but he's going to introduce Abraham right now, and and that's part of what he's, you know, tying together here with regard to faith and patience. For when God made the promise to Abraham, verse 13, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely I will bless you, and I will multiply you, surely I will multiply you. And so having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. For men swear by one greater than themselves, and with them an oath given as a confirmation is an end of every dispute. In the same way, God desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness of his purpose interposed with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it's impossible to God to lie, for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have is an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil where Jesus is entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. 
Okay, so we want to, I want to go back and try to make something of some of this and just kind of draw attention to a few of these things. One, one exhortation he's telling us about Abraham and one exhortation that he's giving us is that, that we would stay impassioned about the message we've received, the hope of the gospel, the promise that now belongs to us in God. And by the way, we've entered into the promise given to Abraham. So that's part of why there's a lot of talk about Abraham in the text is because we've entered into the promise given to Abraham and and therefore, the blessing of Abraham, the, the faith of Abraham, even the example of Abraham is important for us. And how many of us love the example of Abraham? Yeah, when it's happening to somebody else, we do. Because we know from the time that the promise came and the time that the beginning of covenant came, it was 25 years before Isaac came. Isaac was the promised seed and the promised son, and, uh, and he was the, the manifestation, he was the fullness uh, of what Abraham was believing for. And, and the promise was uh, a lineage as vast as the stars, as vast as the sand of the sea, right? That's the promise. Uh, so the promise was massive, it was huge, uh, but God considered it fulfilled when Isaac came. Isaac was the beginning of that, and Isaac was a type of Christ, actually. A type of Christ. So here we find with Abraham, there's another type of Christ, and that's why it says that the fullness wasn't in seeds, but the fullness was fulfilled in one seed, and that physical manifestation was Isaac with Abraham, but it's Christ for us and for all that God had in mind. So Christ was the one who became the ultimate promise of which we enter into, right? Are you following me? It's a, it's a metaphoric picture. And, uh, and when we think about Abraham, he's telling us that he wants us to be, and, and this is what he was telling the Hebrew people as well, is that he wants us to be excited about the gospel. He wants us to be engaged in the gospel, engaged in the promise, engaged of the, in the hope of the gospel as Abraham was all the way through those 25 years in our lives until the end of our days. Never letting that fire, Leviticus 6.12, never letting that fire grow cold. Never letting that fire die out. Imitating that faith, that patience, that steadfast endurance. And, and the picture here, we, can, we could take this picture and we could attach this picture to promises God's given you, like individual rhema promises that God's given you about a ministry, about a breakthrough, about finance, about a business. Uh, we could do that, but I think that the true context is the promise of your salvation. 
the promise that you are knit to God, that you are one with the Holy Spirit. This is Galatians 3, by the way. Galatians 3, he talks about this promise. And, and I think that this is important because as important as rhemas are, you know, we hear from God the rhema, the living word, the logos is the written word, but the rhema, you know, we have a visitation from God. God shows us something. We're encouraged in some way. We have some kind of a word from God, and that's relevant and important, and that's part of why we love the prophetic because we know the prophetic is the testimony of Jesus over our lives. Jesus is looking into your book that Father's written about you, he's, and then that is released either into your heart, bringing faith, or released over you as much as that's as important. Uh, I think we also have to guard that we don't let our salvation get cold, that we don't let our salvation, uh, our, our, our unity with Jesus, our unity around the throne, our, our, our relationship with God, we have to guard that we don't let that grow cold. That we, that we even pay attention to it. You know, the, the way we keep our marriage fresh is we pay attention to one another. You know, when, when Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, rekindle or stir up afresh within you the gift of God. And, he, and he's exhorting him to stir up and rekindle and, and make it afresh. Uh, uh, we can draw some wisdom out of that with these natural relationships, right? In other, words, in other words, pay attention again to the relationship. And maybe that sounds too practical for you this morning, on kind of a Sunday morning, but, but how do we pay better attention, right? How do we pay better attention? For us to rekindle, we've got a covenant, we've got a piece of paper, we've, we've got something uh, somewhere in a courthouse with the state of Washington. But for us to rekindle relationship, for us to keep the fire of the hope for which we married one another alive, there has to be time spent, there has to be romance, there has to be intimacy into me, you see. That's what, it, that's what it comes from, is God says, I, I need you, I need intimacy, I need intimacy, I need you to be into me, see? Yeah, but I want to be into everything else. No, 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 no. If you want to be into everything else, then you can't keep the fire of our passion. We might have a piece of paper, we might have a memory, we might have an altar experience, we might have a day when you went forward, we might, we might, have, we might have some kind of a, a, an agreement, but he says moving, and remember where we started. Remember where we started in chapter six. We started guarding our salvation, don't go back. But now he says, I don't want you just to guard your salvation, have a good profession or confession and, and, and decide I'm not going to deny the Lord and then live over here in this lukewarm state of, yeah, I go to church on Sunday and live out of this lukewarm position. He says, no, no, no. We're going to start over here. We're going to hang on to this. We're not going to deny the Lord. Yes, we're going to be firm, but we're also going to be fiery for the Lord. We're going to keep a fire of romance burning he says, this is important. This is super important. And if we're going to be attached to the hope that's contained in the gospel, if the hope that's contained in who we've become in Christ is going to permeate our soul, make a difference in our soul, then 
It has to be out of fire. It has to be out of intimacy. It has to be out of, out of a hot, coal relationship. Remember, it's the fervent prayer of a righteous man that availeth much. Right? James chapter. The word fervent is used often, you know, and, 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 and it's the same emphasis that we see over in Revelation. Uh, I'd rather have you hot or cold. I kind of need to know where you're at. I'd rather have you hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, <coughs> if you're lukewarm, he says, that doesn't work. I, 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 it, it, the word is spit, right? Kind of gross, but this is the Lord talking. He says, if you're lukewarm, it's not going to work. You're going to be spit out. I need you to be hot. I need you to be on fire. So to, to rekindle fire, to keep, and this is where, this is where, because from the day that you're born again until the day that you pass away or go up to glory in the glory cloud of the second coming, on that could, there could be a, a little bit of space there, right? And the illustration is Abraham could be 25 years. Could be 25 years, could be 35 years, could be 45 years, could be 55 years, and he's saying, now that you've decided not to deny me, sustain, sustain a fire, sustain a, a walk of revival, sustain an inward burning all of these years. Keep eating, keep partaking of the hope that is in the gospel, the hope of the promise made to Abraham you're a partaker of it now too. And even as you're a partaker now, stay intimate with it. Stay acquainted with it. Stay near to that promise and to that hope by staying near to me. You have to figure out what that means in your life. You have to figure out how to do that. For me, it means prayer. For, for me, it means I've got to kindle the fires of prayer because prayer is the big umbrella, the big catchphrase for me of intimacy, being into him, you see. And so prayer is where I keep, I keep my fire activated and it's, it's where I, I draw near to him, right? And uh, I, I don't know, five-minute dates with this one down here, uh, they, they don't go real well. I mean, they're better than nothing. They're better than nothing. But rarely can we have a five-minute date that has value. I'm just talking like Paul says, from the natural, we can understand the spiritual. Out of the natural, we get pictures of the spiritual. And so if we can draw truth and wisdom out of the natural realm, we understand how some things work in the spirit realm. And, 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 and the Lord, your lover, the Lord who he says here is the forerunner, the trailblazer, another word says, the forerunner who has entered in. He's gone beyond the veil. He's gone into the holy of holies on our behalf. And we're actually there with him. 
We've actually entered in. This is a crazy thing. That's why there's so much hope in the gospel. That's why there's so much participation in the promise. And it's the promise, Galatians 3, 13 and following says, it's the promise that we would be partakers, drinkers, that we would be partakers of the Spirit. You are a partaker of the Spirit, not just of the blessing of Abraham. We can get all excited about the blessing of Abraham, but... They were trying to premeditate what I was going to say next. That was good. You want to go there? Okay, he wants to go there. All right. See, I, I just said it starts in verse 13, but, but, but then he thought maybe it was right there in verse 13. How many of you love our projection team? Verse 7, is that all right? God has slowed down the clock. This is going to go fast, but it's going to seem short. At the same time, you're, oh, you've already sat here for three hours. When you come to New Horizon, time stands still. Verse 7, understand then that those who have faith or children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. That's, that's you, most of you, most of us in this room are non-Jews, we're Gentiles, and announced the gospel, the good news, in advance to Abraham, saying all nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Woohoo! Okay, wrong, wrong timing. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, as it is written. Cursed is everyone who does not continue in everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God, for because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole, on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit animates you now. The Holy Spirit dwells in you now. The Holy Spirit is yours now. You are a partaker of the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God dwelling in you. And this, this is the crazy promise that Abraham foresaw. This is the promise to Abraham. It's not just the blessing of Abraham. It's the promise of the Spirit of which we have become partakers by faith and we are the fulfillment of that which was promised to him all of those years ago. Is that exciting? Let yourself get excited. That's better. Yeah. And so, look, look, this is what he's saying, though. He's saying, wow. He's saying that he wants us to not just resolve, okay, I'll never deny the Lord. 
but can you show enthusiasm for the Lord? Are you flooded with the, the knowledge of breakthrough, of victory? Are you tasting of the Spirit who always testifies of truth and of victory? He leads us in a sweet aroma of salvation and of victory. When things aren't working out. With Abraham, it was when there were delays. It was when the baby didn't come. It was when the wrong baby came, and now i got to raise him. Ishmael, and he's going to have a pain in the rear. And he, has a little, he had a little conference with God at one point. He had a little conference with God. He's like, can't Ishmael live before you? Can't we just, like, transform this one? Can you zap him? I know he's a donkey's rear, but, I mean, can you just... Remember, he was, he was called a wild donkey. He's going to be a wild donkey. I added the rear part. But, okay, so... And he had a little conference with God. He's like, can we just... Can we just work on this one? And God's like, no, this is, this is not it. This is not it. And, and a lot of things were happening in the physical realm with Abraham. And I want you to see that. A lot of things were happening in the physical realm. Um, for instance, uh, Sarah went through menopause. And she could no longer bear children. So the time of, the time of uh, uh, childbearing was over for her. And God's like saying, do you still believe? You still believe. And it says in Romans chapter 4 that Abraham waxed bold. It's got to be that a karate kid. I don't know. Wax on, wax off. Okay. It says he waxed bold with faith. That's like the King James or the New American or something. Giving glory to God, even considering all this stuff. He's considering his own body was as good as dead. He's 100 years old. Sarah's body's as good as dead. Now again, a lot of times we, we take these promises and we apply or interrelate them to rhemas that God's given you. But today I want you to think about this with regard to your salvation. Are you still excited about your salvation? Are you still excited about your salvation? Are you still excited that you are seated right now in the heavenlies, in the holy of holies, with Jesus around the throne, that he, the forerunner, he wasn't the only runner. He call, he's called the forerunner on purpose because he was the firstborn of many sons. See, so... It's not that he's the only runner, he's the forerunner. He's taken us in there with him. And Paul's exhorting us that we consider this stuff and that we, we keep it in mind that we rekindle the fire that we have with God, that we don't just live as one who... Okay, if I'm really put on the spot and things are really tough, I, I, I won't deny. I won't deny the Lord. But here's the lukewarm spot. But if I don't have to say anything, I probably won't. 
I don't have to, I mean, you know, I mean, if it's a little embarrassing, I probably won't. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, we know each other, but I mean, we're not really down that close. I mean. Where the fiery spot is, uh, the word fervent means to boil. And uh, so that means something's bubbling out of you. You can't help yourself. You can't help yourself. You can't, it's bubbling out of you all the time. Somebody's got a need. Oh, well, Jesus can fix that. Let's pray over that right now. And it's just bubbling out. Oh, somebody's got a need. Oh, well, I, I, I got a 20 right here. I can meet that need. Uh, and it's just bubbling out of you. It's just bubbling out of you. Oh, oh, you need a healing. Oh, just, well, let's pray about that. God can take care of that. And, oh, my goodness, you've got some kind of a fear thing going on. All right, well, uh, the Lord can just dismiss that, right? It's just bubbling out of you. Bubbling, 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 bubbling out of you. Should be bubbling out of fervent, fervent, bubbling out of you. That's, that's, where, that's where Paul wants you. And I, I got a sneaking suspicion that if Paul wants you there, the Holy Spirit wants you there. He, he doesn't want you over here. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, well, I'm not going to deny. I'm not going to deny the Lord, but whoa, that is way too uncool. That dude is out of control. Okay, that's a lot of bubble action, all right. But he's looking like a fruitcake, okay. So sometimes we need to fruitcake it a little bit. Sometimes we just need to, sometimes we need to let go of the cool. If we're choosing cool above intimacy, if we're choosing cool above God, if we're choosing cool above fire, if we're choosing cool above inspired, if we're choosing cool above rekindle, if we're choosing cool, we need a healing. And we might be getting ready for a good spit. Because he says, that means you're over here, and, 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 and Father, Father doesn't like that. And, and, and there's a good spit coming. And he says in Revelation that those folks will be spit out of his mouth. In other words, there will be some kind of a ejection of relationships so that we can wake up. doesn't say you're going to hell. It just says there might be some kind of an altering to the relationship so that we can wake up. Because if you're lukewarm, if you're lukewarm, Papa doesn't, if Papa likes cold drinks and hot drinks, he doesn't like lukewarm drinks. And if you're lukewarm, then there might be some kind of a provoking that comes to rearrange relationship in hopes, Father is hoping, that you'll end up over here, totally on fire fervent, bubbling up, bubbling up, bubbling up, can't help yourself. But we can actually go here without that, all by ourselves, if we'll cultivate intimacy. If we know anything about a marriage, if we know anything about good relationships, if we know how to keep them alive, then we can actually cultivate the fire the bubbling, the fervency, the intimacy with our Father. We can cultivate that, and it's going to take more than five-minute dates. Right? Honey, let's go on a date. Let's go on a date. I just want to be with you. I've been missing you all week, and I just want to be with you a little bit and, and, just, and just hang together and be together a little bit. And I, I just, oh, I love you, honey. I just love you so much. And, and let's... Uh, where do you want to, oh, I don't know, let's just, uh, let's run down and get a, 
let's run down and get a burger or something. I don't know. And okay, all right, well, good. Where are we going? Uh, we're going to AMPM, hon. Yeah, they got some amazing uh, Bar S reject dogs, and they've got some crazy, crazy good soy burgers, honey. And I, I just feel like some, like a soy burger for you and me, and maybe like a Bar S reject dog, and we'll get some of that, throw some of that, like really, they've got some of the most amazing ketchup and mustard and relish you've ever seen, and some onions from last year. And we just, let's put that on there. Let's go in. And so you go in, you get those, you bring them out to the car. And, and where are you going? Where are we going now, honey? Back home. What? Back, back, back home. I thought you said it's date night. Well, <laughs> we're done. I, I got stuff to watch on television, and I got some chores in the garage. And so, but I love you. I love you. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing with God. This is what we're doing with God. We're giving him our leftovers. We're giving him the scraps. We're giving him the worst. We're giving him the little. We're giving him tidbits. We're giving him a, you know, we turn off the radio on the drive in and give him three shouts and a hallelujah. Then it's back on because we don't want to miss what's coming next. How are we going to have intimacy into me, you see? How are we going to have fire? How are we going to keep the hope alive? See, the hope of the gospel is medicine to your soul. Notice it says that it's an anchor to your soul. It's not an anchor to your spirit. Your spirit's already anchored, but your soul has to be tethered to your spirit man and the witness of Jesus in your spirit man. And so it's an anchor to your soul. He uses the word soul on purpose, by the way. Mind, will, emotions, reasoning, imagination. It's, it's our soul realm where we get where we get carried off with fear. It's where we get tormented with trouble. It's where we get wrong thoughts. It's where we get imaginations going crazy. It's, where, it's the soul realm where we have arguments against God and arguments against truth. And, we have, and, we, and, and when, when something happens, uh, that's where the panic attack comes. That's where the fear shows up. That's where the restless night is operating. That's where the worry is happening. That's where the self-hatred and the self-loathing is, is, is moving around. And that's where the anger and that's where the, the, the bitterness is. It's all in the soul. If we aren't keeping this fervent relationship over here, with the gospel, with our master, with our Lord, tethered with him relationally, not just legally, because we're already seated in the heavenly place. If we aren't cultivating something with more than five-minute dates, then our soul doesn't have an anchor. So this is why we freak out when things happen. This is why we go sideways. This is why we allow things to, to throw us off. This is why we're struggling with the fruit of the Spirit because the fruit of the Spirit doesn't pour out of your spirit. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit that pours out of your soul. It's coming out of your heart, and the heart is made up of the spirit and the soul, and the spirit is that righteous, amazing place where the Spirit of God dwells, the Holy Spirit dwells, the Spirit of truth dwells, Jesus dwells by the Holy Spirit, but your soul Mind, will, emotions, imagination, reasoning, personality, history, 
learning experiences, trouble, fear, abuses. That's, that, that, that's what needs help. And the anchor that he is, the anchor that he is, is effective when my soul has communion with him, common union with him. I didn't just walk the altar one day. I'm not just legally connected to Jesus somehow. I, I don't just, I'm not, a, I, I'm not just an anti-denier. But we have dates. Him and I have dates. How many of you have dates with the Lord? Come on, come on, come on. How many of you have dates with the Lord? I'm using that word to mean prayer, worship, kind of what we just did, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Come on, let's stand. We'll close this morning. The hope of our soul is that Jesus has entered the Holy of Holies on our behalf and he's taken us with him. The hope of our soul is attached to the Holy of Holies in heaven where our representative is entered on our behalf. Having become one who ever lives to represent us before the Father due to his perfect life, his priesthood. He's called a forerunner, not an only runner, because he's brought us with him in his appeal to God. Being a man, given that he entered there in the offering of his flesh, he did so to present us holy before Father as well. This is how we get from where we were to the declaration over us that now we are kings and priests. Not that we have earned it, not that we've deserved it, but that we are hidden in the king of kings and we're hidden in the priest of priests. Not that we've done something, not that we're amazing, not that we feel even like kings or priests, but he, like Melchizedek, he is the king of Salem, the king of peace, and he's the priest of righteousness. And we are forever woven, tied, bound, and made one with him. And if that isn't something to rejoice about, nothing is. We are forever woven, bound, unified, and made one with him. And his appeal to Father is not, would you let them in too? His appeal to Father is not, would you accept them? Would you see them in me? No, his appeal to Father is here I am with my beloved. Here I am with my beloved. You're right there. You're right there with him. Here I am with my ransomed. And this is the hope of our soul. This is the hope of our soul. Our souls need an anchor. And no other anchor 
Though we look for one, strive for one, experiment with some, no anchor suffices. But Jesus, who's brought us into the Holy of Holies and forever knit and woven, connected and made us one with Father. Come on, let's thank him for a moment this morning. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Come on, out of that which he's done, there is delivered hope. Out of that which he's done, he impregnates your inner man with hope. Not a short-sighted hope, not a short, insufficient hope, but a hope that sustains a hope that sustains, a hope that rejoices, a hope that speaks over your soul, a hope that brings adjustment, a hope that stabilizes. It's a hope that stabilizes. Storms are coming, storms are hitting you, storms are railing against you, trouble is coming, difficulty comes. You've got an anchor, you've got an anchor, you've got an anchor. And it's not just an anchor like, wow, I've got an anchor. You've got an anchor that is flooded, that is filled with hope. You've got an anchor. The anchor is so hope-oriented, so hope-impregnated that in this anchor, you can smile in the midst of trouble. You can smile in the midst of trouble. You can smile in the midst of contradiction. You can smile. You can wax bold in your faith, giving glory to God as Abraham did. You can look at circumstances that contradict who you are, what you are, what is yours, what belongs to you, your citizenship in heaven, and you can still smile. You can still smile. You can still smile because the hope that you're our partaker of has entered in beyond the veil and it's taken you with it and you're a partaker you're a partaker you're a partaker you're a partaker heads bowed for a moment eyes closed just for a moment I want to open the front to receive hope I want to open the front to pray for a deposit, a release of hope, and for the awakening of intimacy, for the rekindling of revival, for a freshness to your walk with God. If you're here this morning, and some of this has just pulled on your heart, it's spoken to you, it's provoked you, it's awakened you, it's called you to a deeper place of intimacy, then as we worship, come and respond to the Lord. Come and be prayed for, come and be ministered to. If you feel your hope has been under stress and you felt distressed of hope you felt despairing of hope the father wants to rekindle a fresh hope with you this morning come as we worship this morning i'm going to ask the prayer team to come
Time. 